What's up, everybody? It's your boy, CT. Before we begin, we'd like to take a minute to thank you for tuning into our first episode last week. We'd also like to thank you for rating, reviewing, and sharing our show with your friends and family. If you haven't done so already, please take a few minutes and give the show a rating. It'd be even better if you can include a review with your rating as well. This allows other listeners to get an idea about the show and gives us some exposure. Also, be sure to follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter, since we do encourage listener participation from time to time. There, you will find our steroid era GOAT bracket, where you can vote for who you think should advance. We'd like to ask you to share our show with anyone you know that loves baseball the way that we do. We feel that with the content we provide and the interviews we'll be conducting, listeners will learn a lot about the game. Again, thank you so much for listening. And we're back. What is up, CT? Manny, what's good? I'm good, man. I'm all right. You good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Word. <laughs> We're back. We're back and better than ever, man. Yeah. Episode I'm, I'm a little two. Bit, I, I'm a little pissed off. Why? What happened? Listen, man. MLB posted something on Instagram. Power ranking so far. And the Red Sox weren't in it. But you know who wasn't it, Manny? Who was in it? The Cubs. And you know who the Cubs lost two games to? <laughs> the Marlins. They lost two <laughs> games to the Marlins, right? <laughs> I mean, oh my god. Jesus, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. MLB, like they don't they don't have they never show love to the Red Sox for some reason. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of ridiculous to have power rankings. It's not a, a full week hasn't even been complete. I mean, today completes a full week of baseball. Yeah. Um, so what are they basing this off of? Like the first series? I don't know. But if you're basing it off the first series, you're going to... First of all, the Cubs... It's not like even... The Cubs weren't even... I don't even think they were the fifth team. They were probably like the fourth or something. So that's wow. an, that's something else. But if you, if you really shouldn't be doing power rankings based off the first week, maybe first two weeks, I get it. But if they're doing power rankings, why not put a team that actually won more games and hasn't looked ridiculous against a team that you know like the marlins yeah yeah yeah. that's true that's true and even with that series it's looking i mean it's only one game but it's looking like that you darvish signing might have been a mistake by the cubs maybe they should have retained uh jake jake arietta yeah i was watching you darvish pitch and i'm like almost i mean it's it's only one game but he Mm. he's a he's kind of falling out of the whole like elite bracket of all these pitchers that are like I consider elite because I don't think as an elite pitcher you should throw more than like one wild pitch per game almost like I feel like it shouldn't happen if you're an elite elite pitcher not not that he's like the elite of the elites but he's he's supposed to be pretty good like this guy is like he's pretty amazing based off his numbers previous seasons but in that game he was like all over the place man like you got to have command of your pitches if you if you're gonna be an ace in which I thought he was but I kind of feel like he's not anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like one of those situations where a pitcher gets uh, rattled in the postseason and he can't recover from it. Um, I know that this example is going to be weird. (laughs) One, because it's a relief pitcher. And two, because the guy that I'm comparing him to is Japanese. But I'm not comparing them because they're both Japanese. So let's put that disclaimer out there before before I move on. But in okay. the 2001 World Series, Young Young Kim. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, he might not even be Japanese. So not, I just might have dug a bigger hole for myself. But anyway, um, <laughs> he he was considered like a top relief pitcher in 2001. And he blew two saves, consecutive saves. I believe it was game four and game five against the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, two walk-off wins. And he couldn't recover from that. He came back and he just wasn't the same guy again. Um, I would hope that you Darvish has more intestinal fortitude. I don't know if that's the word or the phrase than that, but um, it kind of seems that way now, at least. I mean, let's see what he does moving forward. It's only one start, but let's see what happens. You know, t- uh, speaking of relief pitchers, I want to get I want to touch on the subject later again. But I mean, what do you think about Betances? 
Ay, ay, ay. I mean, can like. By the way, Young Young Kim was is South Korean, so I Ooh. apologize. He's from it's South Korea. Man. I don't fault you for that. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but um, see, with Batantis, I really do think it's all in his head because he's still throwing gas. Like he still can get batters out, but it just seems like he can't put it over the plate. Like it's like every game he's wild. Like it's not just oh he's throwing a ball. He's like wild. Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm not going to lie. As a Yankee fan, I watch a lot of Yankee games. Um, He's always been that kind of relief pitcher that's made me nervous because I I feel like he, when he was at his apex, when he was like a beast and everybody wanted him to be Mariano Rivera's protege, the next guy to come up, I always felt like he needed to be under pressure in order to bring out his his best stuff. Um, Like I always felt like the bases were loaded for him. And and that's when he shined the most. But now it seems like it's coming back and it's biting him in the ass. Like he he can't get himself out of these situations anymore. And I agree. I think it's mental at this point. Um, and I don't know how you fix that. Um, you know, he's a relief pitcher. Maybe maybe that's it for him. Maybe maybe he's not. You know, he's not going to revert back to the the dilabitances of old. I mean, it's been a while now that he's been he's been like this. Um, yeah. So I don't I know. Like- I feel like he's been like this since after the all-star break of like one and a half seasons ago, if that makes any sense. So, and I feel like last year he was messing up and like, in a way you could kind of keep rolling him out there. Nobody really had these expectations for the Yankees, but this year it's like, I I feel like he shouldn't get these extra chances. I know, I know it's 162 games, whatever. It's a long season, but last year, you know, the, the AL East finished within what, like a game or two? Yeah. And a lot of those games were lost because of Chapman. I remember Chapman blew a couple games. Yep. Right you know, the Red Sox. So <laughs> I don't think I don't yeah, there we go. Uh I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that Batanzas should keep getting these chances anyway. I think he's already had his chance. I think they should roll him out there. I don't think they should roll him out there in very key situations unless he's the guy up. If there's somebody else in the in the bullpen that can that can pitch that day, they should get start giving these guys chances because it's it's getting to the point like you know that game they lost the other day that that could be the difference down the well, down the line. So if anybody gets on with Patances, they're gonna run on him. It's a given. So mm-hmm. that's another issue too. Is that the guy has to pitch an immaculate inning? Is that what it's called? He did it last year. Uh, immaculate is considered nine pitches. So yeah, it was nine pitches. Three. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't do that, he's in trouble. As soon as a runner gets on you, you're nervous already. So yeah. you can't, I don't know. You can't, you can't succeed with a ticking time bomb like that in the bullpen. So I agree with you. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think you have to make him, uh, I think you have to value him a little less and go to guys like Dave Robertson and and Tommy Canely a little bit more um, at this point and try to build them back up. But um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm a little disappointed in Dylan Batances. But um, I would try to. Yeah, I would try ahead. to give. Yeah, I would try to bring him up, not even in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Bring bring his ass in in the fifth and yeah. let him pitch. Let him pitch to a three run lead or something. I don't know. Yeah. Stop trying. To, stop trying to like. I, I and I I love Batances by the way like I'm not a Yankees fan but I love that he's a, a giant that throws 100 miles per hour like you know those giant, those are the guys that you yeah. want <laughs> a giant that throws 100 miles an hour from New York you know from Dominican parents just like us he's he's yeah that's the thing is that he's relatable to guys guys like us I know that all listeners aren't like us but um, yeah that's who we are we're we're from New York we're first generation Americans. Uh, Dominican parents, and that's exactly what what the Limbatances is, and and you saw him succeed, yeah. and you kind of felt proud, and you cheered him on, and now you're seeing him struggle, and it's like Jesus Christ, he has yeah, the talent, he, you know what I mean? Yeah, and and I, you know what I like about Batances, his best pitch isn't his fastball, like it's it's that uh, it's that breaking ball that he has, yeah. it's like his best is his best pitch. Like I like seeing guys like that that aren't just gonna go in there, is like gonna even though he can overpower guys and just throw it, even though that's, that's another thing I want to talk about later. It's like, I feel like nobody could just do that anymore, but no, but any, but anyways, 
So, yeah. So, what I was going to say was I was trying to transition into the whole bullpen thing that's happening. The, the I don't know what we're going to call it. The bullpen revolution of baseball that's happening right now is a little out of control to the point where uh, the Phillies were facing off against the Braves uh, this past weekend, their first series. And poor Gabe Kapler, um, he seems lost. Um, he yanked his starting pitcher, Vince Velasquez, for reliever Hobie Milner, and Milner wasn't even ready. So he made a pitching change for a guy that hadn't thrown a pitch in the bullpen, which caused mayhem in on the field. The Atlanta Braves manager came out, was kicked out of the game. Uh, the umpires allowed him to warm up because they didn't want him to get hurt. It was, a, it was an embarrassment. Um, and it was so bad that he ended up uh, having to use his utility man in that game. He ran out of pitchers. Um, so what is going on? What's going on with these with managers yanking their pitchers so soon? Um, you know, first, there's no excuse why that guy wasn't ready. Like, as a manager, you're at the pro level. Like, get your shit together. Don't – that should never happen. In my opinion, yeah. they have all the te- they have all the technology at their fingertips. You know, they place a phone call and however they want to do it. I don't know. I'm not a manager. I'm not saying I could be a manager, but that should not happen at the pro level. That's I mean, number one. Number two. How is it ahead. even possible for that to happen? I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it makes me it makes me feel like it makes me feel like the guys in the bullpen weren't even watching the game. They were just like hanging out, right? And by the way, I'm getting annoyed at that. Uh, what what team is that does it? Oakland A's when they start doing their dance. Oh, what what is it? Someone, is- I think somebody hits a home run. They start doing their dance. Like, cut the shit out, please. Just stop. <laughs> Keep baseball nice and boring. I don't like this shit. <laughs> uh, come on, man. We we talked um, about this last week about having fun. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I'm not a fan of this overuse of the bullpen and. I also think that I think people need to realize that when you're when you're going to your bullpen, you're banking that everybody coming out of that bullpen is going to execute, which is rare. That's why I think the Yankees have like obviously the best bullpen, but even them, like they're going to make mistakes. But now people are just yanking guys based off, I guess, analytics are telling them. You said I think I heard you say like third time through the lineup. Yeah, I mean they're pulling if if, quick. Yeah, if you guys haven't figured this out yet, listeners, I'm very I'm heavy on analytics with baseball. Like I, I do believe in sabermetrics. I believe in numbers. You know what I mean? For me, baseball's always been a game of numbers. Um, but sometimes it, it's it's too much. Um, and specifically with pitching. So now what they're doing is they're they're not allowing a pitcher to face a lineup for a third time because the data shows that if if a hitter sees you enough times, they're going to be able to hit you. And specifically in a in the same game, if they see you for a third time, chances are they're going to hit you. So I understand that the that the data says that, but isn't part of the game to show some grit and to to show that you can get out of these types of situations? Like, are we ever going to see a no hitter again? Are we ever going to see a a perfect game? You know, they're even making it hard for for pitchers to be able to get a win because don't you need to pitch a, a minimum amount of innings to to get a win, five, yeah. So like, you need to pitch, yeah, you need to pitch five innings. It's I just don't understand. Like, part of the game is, you know, is you know battling through, getting to the end of the game. I understand complete games and shutouts are a thing of the past. They rarely happen anymore. But Jesus Christ, like it's a little too much at this point. And. I'm also I'm also not again I'm not I'm not the biggest numbers guy and I understand if you want to play your playoff game like that cuz when you're in the playoffs you're playing the best team the other yeah. team that you're playing is is probably the best team more often than not the best teams make it it's the later you get into the postseason you're facing the one and two you know you're one you're two you're facing two whatever but so I understand if you're in the playoffs and your pitcher is about to face Let's say you're facing the Yankees third time around. That's not easy. So mm-hmm. I understand if in the playoffs you want to be extra with your bullpen 
because these guys are ready to go. They only have one thing to worry about is that series. Right. So if you want to be extra with your bullpen, yeah, go ahead. But I feel like these first couple of games, these managers that don't even, some of them don't even have a bullpen. They're treating this shit like a postseason, like relax and let these guys pitch because the day's going to come where they're going to have to pitch. And now not only are we cutting them short, you're probably going to risk an injury because they're not used to pitching that late anymore in a real game. Because mm-hmm. be honest, when when you, you you could practice, you could train to pitch a full game, but no one's gonna be sitting there like actually, you know. There's nothing better than actually the actual game. That's like the, that's probably like your best practice. But you guys are you're gonna cause injury. Also, you're gonna put guys in positions that they haven't been in in a while. Like I, I feel like it's just it's it's ruining a a chunk of the game with yeah. this early go to of bullpens. Yeah, and and. Are you going to have a bullpen if you make it to the bull season, to the full uh, postseason? If you if you're you know going to them so so early in the year, you're going to them at a crazy rate. Are you going to have a bullpen in, in September October? You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's you know it it almost seems like the game is turning into a relievers game, which you know that's fine. Nothing against relievers, but. Um, What's next? Uh, you know, you're not going to let a, a pitcher throw to a lineup for a third, uh, third straight time at all. So are, are yeah. pitchers going to be yanked in the fourth now or the third? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, it makes me think that maybe the maybe the Tampa Bay Rays are doing the right thing with this whole four four man rotation because they're, you know, they're preparing themselves for what the game is turning into. You know what I mean? Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me that this part of the game I don't like right now. And I, I really would like to see this change. I really hope it doesn't get to that. I feel like it's 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 not even just the bullpen. Do you notice how like. Now, if basically, if you can't hit lefties, you're not in the lineup the day there's a lefty pitching. Right. Well, then how the hell are you, how are you supposed to get better at hitting lefties? Exactly. Like, you know, and it's, I, I'm, I'm, I, I get it for some guys, there's guys that just plain up cannot hit lefties, but I, yeah, that's why I don't like to go with numbers all the time. Well, and I don't think that they should get so specific with these lineups where now we, we have yeah. to match. I mean, okay. It, if, if the numbers show you that and it works towards your favor, whatever, but you would think that because of all these numbers, like the game would be to the point where there's a team that's winning like 130 games. That'll never happen. Right. So I don't understand what the big difference is making. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, and um, now the teams organizations are becoming so, uh, I'm going to use the word smart because I can't think of anything else right now that they're using yeah. their minor league system as like an extension of their roster. Like they're calling up guys and sending them back down like left and right every single day um, because of what you said. They're, they're trying to do these matchups and, and they don't have enough players to be able to fulfill the matchups that they're trying to, you know, put out there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, I feel like it's taking part of the game away, you know, it, like, like if, if, if analytics took over basketball, the way it's taking over baseball and it is, but not to the extent that baseball has analytics. Um, and I don't know, you get some sort of number that would prevent LeBron James from playing in a game. You know what I mean? Like you're taking away good players just because, analytics are telling you that you should but why not let's see if that player can muscle through it and and you know go against the odds you know what i'm saying that's part of the game that's part of what makes the game fun if if history if if the numbers showed us if there was some crazy stat that showed us that in the third quarter lebron james is the worst he's he'll ever play in a game he'll they'll take him they'll take him they'd be taking him out of the third quarter completely exactly and and that just that would just ruin the whole you know that would ruin the whole thing um, yeah, man. Yeah, I still love baseball. By the way, guys, don't get it twisted. I, I love baseball. I just but... looked at the clock and I'm like, holy shit, we've been going, we've been rattling on for a solid 15 minutes about how much we hate this new bullpen shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about something positive because there's something negative coming after this. Um, oh, Otani. Holy shit. Maybe he was just, you know, <laughs> maybe he was just taking it easy during spring training. This guy, this guy he seems like it. the real deal. He got us, man. He, <laughs> he he fooled us in spring training. He did it, man. He pulled the old, the old prank. Yeah, man. This is nuts. He took Kluber deep today. Um, he won his first game as a pitcher. Struck out eleven. He went seven innings. Yep. 
Um, and he got a, a hit in that game also. I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, where the fuck was this Otani, this Otani in, in spring training? I'm loving it. But I'm still gonna stick to what I said, where he'll he'll dominate pitching. Mm-hmm. I think he'll I think he'll still serve up a lot of home runs. I think he'll still dominate strikeout wise. But I don't know, man. I I've seen I've seen way too many hitters go on a hot streak to believe that Otani's the real deal when it comes to hitting. You know, yeah. like I, I'm still gonna st- I'm still gonna stick to what I thought, where I think he'll he won't make it as a hitter. And I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I called the guy a complete bust last week. Um, Ooh. and he's, he's literally shutting me up right now. Like I, I have nothing to say. Um, except that every team was trying to take, was trying to get this guy. So, the, you know, there must be something about him. You know what I mean? I didn't see it in spring training, but for Christ's sake, this, this first week, um, well, he seems impressive so far. Well, everybody was trying to get him, but do we know that he? It was pretty much up to him, right? It was he up didn't to just him. get to. Yeah. yeah, it was up to him. But um, I did watch him pitch, and when I noticed, it was the same thing with you, Darvish. There were some pitches he threw that were just wild, mm. you know. And I, I guess I, I have to watch him pitch again. I don't know what type of pitcher he is. Is he a guy that's just gonna use his speed to get by? Because you know, if that's the case, then yeah, he's going to be good because he throws hard as hell. Like he throws upper 90s, like 98, 99. So he's good. But those are the type of pitches that always get taken deep because they don't really locate. They just get by with their. I mean, he's nasty. He's, he's a nasty guy. That's why he's going to get a lot of strikeouts. But that's why I also think he's going to give up a lot of home runs. Yeah, I think he has a split finger fastball too, right? In his repertoire. Um, I remember hearing that somewhere. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't. I think he's going to be a good pitcher. Um, but I mean, he took Kluber deep today. Um, I don't know. Weird. We'll see. I mean, it'll be it'll be super exciting if this guy can be the next Babe Ruth. You know what? That would be that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, I hope I hope I'm wrong. But um, what whatever? Real quick, this is off topic. Whatever happened to the split finger? I felt like it feels like uh about. Five years ago, every pitcher had a split finger. And I feel like one day I saw someone getting injured like consistently and they they blamed it on the split finger. It's like now you don't even see a split finger anymore. They were getting, you know they were getting like blisters and shit, right? I think I remember that too. Um Yeah, it was something about the like injured forearms or something. And but I but I really do, yeah. you know, I play for those that don't know, I play a lot of uh, MLB the show. It's a video game. And uh <laughs> Every I'm telling you, every pitcher in that game had a split finger, like an MLB <laughs> 10. Every pitcher had a split finger. <laughs> and now it's well, like you can't find a split finger. Re- the pitcher that I remember the most having a split finger that was super effective was Roger Clemens. And um, yeah. this past postseason, I knew Tanaka had a split finger, but this offse- this postseason that, that just passed, his his split finger was was like a thing of beauty. That thing was striking everybody out. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's making a comeback. I mean, it's an effective pitch. It looks like it's coming at you straight. It looks like a, a fastball right down the middle, and then it just dives down in, at the last second. You know, it's an effective pitch. I don't know why people don't use it. Yeah, th- I'm telling you, there must be something we don't know with these numbers. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard that that it has something to do with coaching at the lower levels. Like, I, I think velocity has been the focus lately so everybody's throwing super fast now yeah um but there's gonna have to be a change because i think these guys are they can catch up to it now so mm-hmm. i don't know I, I wonder what the next pitch is gonna be if it's gonna be a, a slow you know curveball or uh a cut like the cut fastball or something like that i don't know something has to something has to take over because these speed guys are they're not cutting it as much anymore yeah they're giving up a lot of home runs man Yep. Yep, yep. Um, okay, cool. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I, I had said that it was negative, but uh, maybe it's not negative. Less, you know, it's a bad. It's not a good story. Basically, it's what happened was Chan Cisco of the Baltimore Orioles laid a bunt against the Minnesota Twins in the ninth in the ninth inning last Sunday um, in a series against the Twins. Did I say that already? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Jose Barrios was dominating. Um, and he was just cutting through that lineup. Like, like it was easy, 
So Chancisco decided there's a uh, an overshift on him. He's going to lay a bunt to third base and try to get on base. Um, and so that led to the bases becoming loaded, but Barrios was able to work out of it. Twins win the game. Uh, Jose Barrios gets a shutout, which we don't see anymore. But what I'm trying to get at is that the Twins were offended by Cisco laying that bunt down against the shift. Um, I don't know what your opinion is on this, but I would have done the same thing. I would have laid a bunt against the shift. If they're putting a shift on me, I'm laying a bunt down any chance that I get, I would would think, because how is that fair? You're using your advantage, but he can use the advantage that's in front of him, which is there's a whole open side of the field that I can lay up, lay a hit on. Like why? I don't understand why anybody would have a problem. Do they have a problem because it was in the ninth inning? Is that, is that the issue here? Because dude, like the game, that's what I'm trying to figure out. They were, (laughs) they were losing seven zip and he laid that bunt. Um, but there were zero outs and the bases did become loaded. So let's say somebody had hit a grand slam. Then the game is seven, four. You're totally in it. That bunt, Started the whole rally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, anything could happen in baseball. We've seen nine run uh, leads or seven run leads um, go away before. So I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, and I was just surprised to see that it was mainly Brian Dozier who was who was uh, who said who had said something. Um, and Jose Barrios said he didn't care, but then he also said that it's not good for baseball. How is that not good for baseball? Maybe the shift isn't good for baseball. You know what I mean? It, it, it's taking away a lot of hits from people, which is which is the strategy. But if we're going to say that it's not good for baseball, you know, people want to see hits. People want to see runs. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like guys sulking and, and bitching and you won the game, you know, suck it up. You would have done the same thing. Yeah, and First of all, I know you you you're big on numbers. Is there a number that could show us that the that the shift is actually working how people think it is? Because, and I hate I hate to bring this guy into the conversation because I I personally I'm not a fan of him on MLB Network. Let me guess, Bill, a Yankee. No, Bill Ripken. The oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the blackboard on MLB Network. I'm not a fan of Bill Ripken, man. I feel like he he tries to teach baseball to me, and I'm like, dude, I don't I don't want to be in school right now. Let me let me watch the game, whatever. But he was showing that the use of the shift has tripled since like two years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But the BABIP, which is balls uh, batting average for balls in play, right? That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Has pretty much stayed the same, you know. Off. Yeah. So. One, I don't know if the shift is working. I don't care if they do it, but if you're going to do it, don't get mad that someone's... I mean, are you, would you get mad at someone selling out for a for an opposite field hit? You know, like, literally, like, just sticking the bat out as late as they can so that the, so that the ball gets hit the other way? Because that's what a, that's what they're doing with the bunt. They're selling out for the for that side of the field. So how could you get mad at that? And And there's only one thing that I could think of off the top of my head that constitutes like, oh, that that was messed up that you did that. And that's stealing bases when you're ahead by like a five five plus lead. That's the mm-hmm. only time where I'm like, okay, what why are they doing this? This is like a slap in the face. This you should respect the game. And that's only because you're you're being extra. You're trying to get more runs, which everyone should try to do. But I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of that's messed up. I was just gonna I was I was just gonna say I have no problems with somebody, you know, trying to score more runs if they can. Because like I said, um, and we're going off topic, but anyway, if if uh, if you're winning 7-zip, let's use the same score, and you get on base and you steal second, let's say just, you know, it may look like we're disrespecting the game or whatever, but what if the team comes back and and ties the game up? You know what I mean. So are you mm-hmm. just you just sacrifice runs for no reason. I just don't believe in that. You know what I mean. It's like it's almost like the the same thing when people look at the ninth inning of a game and if if somebody hits a walk off home run, they get a lot of like they're viewed in a in a higher light, like as if they're they're you know they're greater than whatever. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that if they had scored that run earlier in the game, the, the walk-off wouldn't be necessary. So, you know, we don't value things um, when they happen 
early in the season or in a game, but we almost value it more when it happens later on. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of mathematical term for it or whatever, but a run is a run is a run. You get them as much as you can whenever you can. It doesn't matter what the score is. That's what I believe in. Um, but I see where you're coming from. But that that was totally off topic to what we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> we were saying, yeah, you, you lay the bunt. You, you take the base if you can get it, especially if you're down. You have to do what you can to try to get on, to try to spark a rally and, and get the win in. So I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I, necess- I Honestly, I don't like the shift, um, but I get it. It's strategy. So if you can use strategy on your side, why can't somebody use strategy on the other side to try to, de- to try to defeat your strategy? You know what I mean? Are they supposed to just hit into your shift so that you can be happy? I mean, get over yourselves. You know what I mean? This is ridiculous. I mean that, um, that that reminds me. Remember uh, World Series? I think it was Indians versus Leicester that year, yeah. and, they, and they bunted at him because he had like a bad. Mm-hmm. Was it him? He had like a bad knee or something, or he can't throw to first. He can't throw to first. Yeah, yeah. People were complaining about that. I'm like, that's I. I tell the whole. I tell freaking uh, Edwin Encarnacion a bunt to Leicester if he can't throw to first. That's, that's I'm supposed exactly. to. I'm, I'm supposed to have a. a uh, you know, I'm supposed to keep it real and not do something because you can't throw to first. You're a major leaguer. Learn how to throw to first. <laughs> exactly. Or or like the Yankees. Oh God, I have to bring this up again. But that game where Kurt Schilling <laughs> had the bloody sock. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I remember saying, why isn't anybody laying a bunt and having him test that foot? Make him run on it. Like, get him out of that game. And nobody did. And it was almost like a, like if we're going to win, we have to win uh, the right way. Well, fuck that. You take what you can get. You know what I mean? Like, you win I would have been laying bunts. I would have yeah. tried to hit it right up the middle. You know what I mean? Make them test that fucking leg. But I don't know. Th- this is one of those things. And I guess this is something that, that's come up in both episodes now. Is is the the whole old school mentality versus the new school mentality. And and this idea that we're disrespecting the game or, you know, it, it just, we, we have to just, it's a game. And the, and the, the idea is to win. So you do what you can to win. Yep. So yeah, that's my take on it. Um, I think we covered all the big stories. Um, but I did want to mention one more thing as a Yankee fan. And I wish we had a drop for this because I feel like there should, there should be a drop right now. But anyway, um, <laughs> Well, John Carlos out. Stanton's home run today. Oh my god, that was oh, a yeah. thing of beauty. I didn't even see where it landed. That's how beautiful that thing was. Go ahead, man. Take take uh, <sighs> take, take a moment, man. You wanna you wanna let out any noise that makes you feel better? I don't know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on the noise because it might be a, a little embarrassing. But mm. God Almighty, that was nice. Well, you know right. what? I'm I'm glad you brought up I'm glad you brought up uh Giancarlo Stan who happens to play for the Yankees because I got to say something about the Yankees if oh, you boy. will if you will Manny. Real quick, <laughs> I got I got to ask you, man. How do you feel about Aaron Boone? It's 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 too soon in the season, but so far, I mean, I don't there's been a move or two that I disagree with, but Oh, I have do, no issues do, with him so far. Do tell, do tell. Name name one of the moves. <laughs> Who was the the hitter? Was it Tyler Austin that hit the home runs? Was it two home runs in one game? Is that what he did? And uh, the next game, he didn't play him. Was it Tyler Austin? I can't remember who it was, but oh wow, uh, yeah, that's that's not good. Um, but anyway, he the next day he defended his move to not play this uh, the player in the next game. Because he, this is what he, he said something like, I'm not going to play a player just because he's hot. Or, you know what I mean? Or just because he had a good game. Okay. That, that sounds so stupid. That's exactly when you play a player. It's like last year with Girardi. Um, Brett Gardner had been going on this insane streak. I don't know how many home runs he hit. He had a, he had a couple of walk-off home runs. And he rested them one day. And and I remember in this chat that we're that we're in together, me saying, "Why are you resting this guy when he's in this in the middle of this heat, uh, hot streak? This is when you should be playing him because he's producing at a crazy level. You sit guys down when they're struggling so that they can take a break and maybe reset themselves." Yeah, um, it's because it's because Girardi had those scheduled rest dates, right? Yeah, 
he would schedule when a player was supposed to rest. Super, super dumb. I don't know, but that's Girardi. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I am not a Yankee fan. All right, and really? <laughs> it's Breaking gonna sound <laughs> it's gonna sound like I'm coming as a Yankee fan, but the thing is, is that. There's the Yankee game is always on in my house because my dad's a Yankee fan and my brother's a Yankee fan. And it's the, the game. Yeah, it's the game that's going to be on. It's either that or a Met game. And I'm not watching the Mets. So, but Ooh. even though the Mets, the, Mets, the Mets are looking good this year, I'm not going to lie. We love uh, you guys. We love you, Met fans. We do. Listen, Keep man, listening. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a Yankee fan, but I can't avoid everything that I hear about the Yankees and, or what I see. And if we, as as a viewer, we know that Dylan Batanzas. I know we already spoke about Dylan Batanzas, but we. But if we see that Dylan Batanzas has been struggling, right? Mm-hmm. And he's and he's been he's been kind of. It's more than just struggle. He can't he can't get out of situations. They. I remember last year they brought him in with an eight run lead. He couldn't he couldn't get an out. Uh, he he has struggled. I don't care what he did in spring training. He struggled, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize this, but he pitched the perfect inning the last time when he when Pilar stole home. He had pitched the perfect inning before that, right? Mm-hmm. Why is he coming out for a second inning? Like, why why would you do that to a guy that can use the confidence and just did what was asked of him? Like he Batantis at his peak was a setup man. I know, I know he used to go two innings. And I know like that's how good he was. He could have gone two innings. But that's not the same attendance that we're used to seeing. So why would you as a manager roll him out there when you have the best bullpen in the game at your disposal? Like what like and and sometimes I I'm not the, I'm not the type of person that watches a game and thinks like, "Oh, the manager messed up this and that" because the players are supposed to execute. All you can do is just put the, put your players out there and hope that they execute and do what they're supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. you put you put you put Stanton in your lineup, hoping that he does what he does, which is jack home runs. But he ends up striking out five times. The manager has nothing to do with that. I don't think baseball is one of those sports where the manager can actually have that type of effect on their players. But I have to give all that blame to Aaron Boone. That game was lost because of Aaron Boone because you can't expect Batances to be his prime self, especially when we know that he's been struggling. You know, and and then and then it even goes to the next decision that he made. I don't know if it was the day before, or the day after, walking. Uh, I guess they went off numbers is the reason why they walked the bases loaded. But mm-hmm. smoke has been hot, so why? Like I don't know, man. Sometimes I wonder. Like I, I'm not saying I can be a manager, but Boone to me is going to do exactly what I'm predicting that he's going to do. Is he's going to gas that bullpen? In my opinion, I think that a manager today is kind of serves as a middleman between the general manager and the analytics department and the players. Um, The the same thing Joe Girardi did. Um, But in terms of what you said about Batances, yes, he pitched a great inning. You take him out to keep his confidence up. But it goes back to something that we had said before. Um, They're big leaguers. So he has to execute also. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, but I'm going to give you that one. And then in terms of the other one, when they walked Donaldson to get to Smoke, yeah, Smoke was on a hot streak. Um, but Josh Donaldson is Josh Donaldson. And mm-hmm. if I'm a pitcher, I may not want to pitch to jo- Josh Donaldson either. I'm not going to lie. And um, I think the numbers uh, between Robertson and, and Smoke were more favorable. Um, but I I had read somewhere that they had faced a long, it was a while, it was a long time ago. It wasn't, it wasn't like any time recent. So I don't know how you go off of those numbers. So it has to have been that they feared Donaldson in that situation. The guy is, he has that clutch gene, quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from with Boone, but I think, I think this is something we're going to have to get used to. Boone's going to be a binder guy. You know what I mean? He's going to be Joe Girardi, but with a happier face and with a, with a more relaxed clubhouse. Um, yeah, that's that's the vibe you know, that I'm getting so far. It actually, I actually got upset too for opening day for the Red Sox because Kimbrel didn't come in in the first game of the year, and I mm. think I heard I think I heard Alex Cora saying that he didn't want to put he didn't want to use Kimbrel like for the first game because I guess he didn't have such a extensive like spring training or that he mm. wouldn't be ready. In my head, I'm like, oh my God, listen, these guys are professionals. If you're not ready for the season, then who, what the hell? Are you? I'm pretty sure he was ready. 
But I, these managers sometimes, man, I don't know. I feel like I, I just feel like they they go beyond their job. You, it's it's. I'm not saying it's an easy job, but they go beyond sometimes. They try to look past mm-hmm. logic. You know what I'm they saying? O- it's like they overmanage a little bit. Yeah, and wow. I felt like Girardi did that a lot too. That's why my dad hates him. But <laughs> I see. I didn't mind Girardi. I like Girardi. Um, oh my god. But, but yeah, I think that. I think yeah, guys, guys overmanage now, and I, honestly, I think that the manager, you know, he's going by the he's going by the numbers. That's all they have to do now. It's not like a like Joe Torre was was known for pushing all the right buttons. He had he knew when a player was hot, and it was all off memory. And he always picked the right player in the right moment, and this, this, and that. Um, I don't think Joe Torre could manage in today's game. It's a it's a completely different game. You have to follow the numbers. If not, you're not going to have a job. That just seems to yeah. be the way the game is going. Um, you're, you're right. Yeah. So I think that's it for the week. I think we covered most of the big things. Um, yeah. So why don't we take a, a nice quick break here, and then we're going to come back with the bracket challenge this week. We're going to be uh, – we're going to be debating about Tony Gwynn versus Ichiro on the clean side and Piazza versus Palmero on the steroid side. So let's take a break. And on the other side, we'll get things going. That's a nice beat, man. Yup. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about, the bracket and if you guys haven't seen it or heard about it tune to episode one or you can go on our social media pages and we have it up so you can see what we're talking about um let's start with the steroid side um piazza versus palmero so let me just ask you oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) see See, where was that drop when I needed it before? My bad. Um, I forgot that we had these. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, let's just start with this. Piazza and Palmero, you're starting a team tomorrow. Who do you take? Ooh. um, You know what? That's kind of a hard question to ask. Are we still taking defense out of this? We're going to take defense out of the equation just because Piazza and Palmero play different positions. Um, and it's just easier to compare offensive numbers, I feel like. I think defense is clearly important. But for the sake of, of, of this podcast and this bracket, we're just going to take defense completely out of the equation. We have some D, There's some DHs on this list. How do you compare defense for a DH? Um, so let's just compare offensive numbers. All right, man. If I'm choosing between Mike Piazza or Rafael, um, I'm taking Palmero. I'm taking Palmero, man. Mm, wow, that's right. See, See we needed a, a nice sound effect for that too. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I will get that for next time. Yeah, right. So that so good thing you picked Palmero because guess who I picked? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Mike Piazza. <laughs> Piazza. Nice. Mike Piazza. Yeah, I picked Mike Piazza. 100%. Hall why, of why would Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer Mike Piazza. Um why why Palmero, man? Well, because I hate the Mets, Manny. That's why. I'm getting. Uh <laughs> I know. All right, I'm looking at both their careers, right? And I know why. And I already know what why you're gonna choose Piazza, right? I already know. But how dare you? But no, I mean, I already know what you're gonna say, and I'm not gonna have the rebuttal for that. But I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm just gonna put it like this, Manny. All right, Mm -hmm. Palmero has two things that two numbers, two stats that the elite of the elite always seem to have. In the okay. hall, in the Hall of Fame, and that's three thousand hits career total, three thousand twenty mm-hmm. to be exact, and five hundred or more home runs. That's five hundred and sixty nine. That's right, sixty nine home runs for Rafael okay. Palmero career wise. And 
he played for 20 years. And it seems <laughs> like he didn't miss that many games compared to his Piazza. Compared to Piazza. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are good arguments. But I, I do have a rebuttal. And oh, I yeah. bet you that it's not it's not what you think I'm going to say. But let me just respond to what you said about 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Um, what's that line in, in Wedding Crashers? No excuses, play like a champion. I'm not making <laughs> excuses. Yeah, I'm not making excuses for Piazza. But he was a catcher for most of his career. So his body takes a tougher toll than a guy like Palmero who played first for the majority of his career. So that's one. Mm-hmm. So that being said, he played four less years than Rafael Palmero. And I'm looking at the numbers right now, almost a thousand less games than Rafael Palmero. Um, if we're looking at strict averages for the, for, for each player, Piazza was averaging 180 hits a season. Palmero averaged 173 hits per season. So if we adjust, if we, if we say that Piazza played 20 years, he would have, he would have hit 3000 hits, but again, shoulda, coulda, woulda, no excuses, play like a champion. Um, (laughs) yeah. 427 home runs. That's an average of 36 home runs per season. Rafael Palmero had an average of 33 home runs per season. So Piazza would have had more home runs than Palmero. But again, no excuses. Play like a champion. Damn, um, I'm getting owned right here. No, nah, I, w- I wouldn't say you're getting owned because <laughs> because your, his numbers are better for his career. I'm just saying would have. You know what I mean? But these these are the things that I think. This is the reason why I think Piazza is better than Palmero. Um, 12 time all-star, um, 10 silver slugger awards, nine season of 30 or more home runs, nine seasons, uh, hitting 300 or better, uh, never exceeded more than 93 strikeouts in a season and was a catcher for the majority of his career to put up those kinds of numbers as a, as a catcher is unheard of i'm looking at 1997 he hit 362 with a 431 on base and a 638 slugging that's like those are barry bonds type numbers like i can't believe this guy never won an mvp award yeah those are my points those are good points but i'm just gonna say this i'm looking at rafael palmero's like what he's listed as he's listed as a first baseman and a left fielder the first baseman's He's a gold glove, by the way. First basements and left fielders during his time were insane, first of all. So that's why I'm not going to use the whole all-star thing against him. He clearly put up all-star numbers, but I'm not going to use the whole all-star thing against him, nor am I going to use Silver Slugger at this point because, again, I'm t- like he, he has two total, but, you know, he – I feel like he had to go up against – some monsters at that position. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you know what? We took we took defense out of the equation. So I guess that wasn't. Yeah, but you know, but you know what though? I think even though we're taking defense out of the equation, it's good that you mentioned that he was a catcher and that that's physically taxing as a hitter because that's an argument. That's like a good argument to have. All right. So I don't think I don't think we should include that he was good defense because I don't even think Piazza was amazing defensively. But. The fact that he did play catcher does have an effect on his offense. So I think that that is an argument that could be made. Definitely. So, okay. So I here's another thing. Um, in terms of career-wise, Piazza's career numbers, the the big three numbers that I believe in, or not the big three, I only believe in, I believe in on-base slugging OPS. But anyway, people like batting average. He had a 308 career batting average, a 377 on-base, and a 545 slugging. For a 922 OPS. I mean, I think that speaks for itself. This guy was, he was on base 38% of the time. He hit for power. Um, and he got the bat on the ball. He wasn't a strikeout guy. He was a contact guy. So we, we had a, t- a contact hitter that can hit for power. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous combination. Yeah, Piazza's super underrated. That's true. For sure. So... But- so yeah, okay. So we're, I'm going to repeat this later on, but we're not going to decide who's going to win this right now. What we're going to do is we're going to throw it at you guys, the listeners. 
we're going to put this up on social media and we want you to take into consideration the arguments that we made for both players. And we want you to vote for who would you take? Who would you take? Mike Piazza or Rafael Palmero? All right. Piazza. Um, (laughs) So let's move on to the clean side. (laughs) The clean side. The clean. (laughs) Tony Gwynn and Ichiro Suzuki. Who would you take? Well, all right, man. I'm going to go with the man that needs no introduction, even though you just did. But <laughs> I'm going to go with Ichiro, man. I'm going to go with Ichiro. Okay. Hey, I mean, I, all right. I, I mean, I can't, I can't fault you for being, you know, uh, a not very smart baseball fan, but I go with oh. Tony Gwynn. Right. Shots fired. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, why don't I? That was just I, a nice way of me calling you stupid, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. All right. Go ahead. Hit me. Here's why I think, here's why I think Ichiro is. I would take Ichiro over Tony Gwynn. One thing is that Ichiro is more durable. Mm hmm. He's playing beyond his years already. He's, he's he should have quit baseball, but he's already playing beyond his years. But and I'm gonna have to go to his Japanese numbers for this too because I think they should be taken into consideration. Yeah, that's right. I don't care if you don't approve. Yeah. I'm taking this. I'm taking this into consideration. I'm gonna take this so. moment to <laughs> say no on that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Listen, man, the guy just dominated. You couldn't pitch to Ichiro. This is a question I actually meant to ask you before. Right. Would you take the guy, would you take the guy like Jose Altuve, who I personally feel you cannot pitch to him? No matter where you throw a ball, he's going to ha- take a hack and he's going to make contact and put it in play. Or would you rather take the guy that could that has a better eye and work more walks? They both can hit. One guy has just better contact. And I know Tony Gwynn has amazing contact, probably more than Ichiro. But would you rather take the guy that could put the bat to put the bat on the ball more or a guy that can take better swings as far as like swinging at only strikes not balls um so i mean a guy who puts the bat on the ball can cause more damage because you know you can't exactly put the ball exactly where you want it so i guess i would have to go with the guy who puts the bat on the ball just because he can make things happen yeah all right. Well, anyways, back to my <laughs> argument for Ichiro. Sorry, <laughs> did, did I just ruin your whole? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Because to me, because to me, Tony Gwynn probably had the better eye. Like Ichiro struck out more, mm-hmm. and you. So I guess you can say Tony Gwynn actually put the bat on the ball better, but Ichiro just—he's just a. I feel like he's just a better hitter. I know the batting average for Tony Gwynn. Is higher overall. That might be have to do with Ichiro adding these extra years at the end. But man, when I look at Ichiro when he burst into the scene in two thousand one, like he hit, he had two hundred hits for a decade, like, and he broke the record for most hits. And yeah, man, he stole bases, like a lot of bases. And I just love Ichiro, man. All right, so that's my <laughs> argument for him. And if we go, if we go, if we go to the Japan numbers. He was also playing a lot of games. I guess the season in Japan's are smaller because I see here the the most games he ever played in a season was 135 mm-hmm. uh, multiple times. But he still hit a lot. He got 200 hits, 210 hits in 130 games. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying, man? And I think he has. Do you feel? Do you feel it? <laughs> I'm feeling it a little bit, but not as much as I'm feeling Tony Gwynn. Uh, and and I'm gonna and I'm just gonna add this little. I'm gonna sprinkle this right, on top, ahead. right? I'm actually going to go against what I said before with Palmero, but. <laughs> so take that into consideration, you know what fans. I said He's already <laughs> <laughs> reneging on, on one of his arguments. Yeah, man. Uh, Ichiro has played two less seasons mm. and already has almost as many hits. Two less seasons, but, prob- but 200 more games. More play. More plate appearances, yeah, I know. But that, I mean, that's that. Is that Ichiro's fault <laughs> that he can play more games? Is it his fault? Is is he supposed to be like, oh, you know what? Give it to Tony Gwynn because I'm looking here. Tony Gwynn, 
ne- only played one full season, if if that one, two. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, five full seasons. Whereas Ichiro played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> eleven seasons, full seasons, man. All right, guys, durable. So I'm gonna go with Ichiro as the better hitter, as the guy that that the fans should vote to advance into the next okay. round. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah, and Ichiro has, uh, if you include Japan's numbers, I think he has the the all time hits record. Um, oh, I ain't even. But gonna that's go there. that's neither here nor there. Let me hit you with some knowledge. Um, mm. Oh, uh, hold on a second. Uh, Tony Gwynn hit three hundred or better every single season, but one his rookie season. 300 or better every single season, but one. He hit 350 or better seven seasons. Can I repeat that for you? Did you did you get that? Repeat it for the fans, because I know we got some listeners that are uh, probably driving and almost got into a <laughs> car accident. Uh, listen to 350 that. or better seven times. Seven times. Okay. He, he has... Okay, Ichiro. No, he doesn't actually. He has more hits for his career than Ichiro Suzuki in less plate appearances. Um, All Star fifteen times, two hundred hits or more five times, seven Silver Sluggers. We're not including fielding, but three Gold Gloves. Um, led the league in hits seven times. And he he almost was the next player to hit 400. In the strike short 94 season, he hit 394. 394. Um, never struck out more than 40 times in a season. Um, I mean, it's Tony Gwynn. <laughs> no question. Listen, I knew you were going to hit me with that 394 number in the strike. He wasn't going to hit 400. Let's be real, uh, America. Okay. So, says who? I mean, come he on. He wasn't going to hit 400. Let's let's be let's be real that he was not going to hit 400. What? All right. 110 games, 394. No, that's amazing. No, that's amazing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that is amazing. Tony Gwynn is unreal. All right. I just feel like I mean, you mentioned gold gloves. Each row has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. More than 10. Guys, yeah, but go gloves don't count because we're not counting. Yeah, yeah, we're not but, we're not counting go gloves. But Ichiro does have an MVP, so I'll hit you with that. Mm, okay, All but right. did he deserve that MVP that season? I mean, what was that? Two thousand and one. I think they just rookie. gave it to him. Nah, man. I mean, how do you just? All right, you know what? Th- 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 I like those arguments where who should have really won the MVP, but at the end of the day, they had an MVP season. You know. All right, listen to this nonsense. For Christ's sake, Jesus Christ, God! Now I'm pissed <laughs> off. Jason Giambi, the same season. Okay, this was Ichiro in 2001. 350 batting average. Good. That's all right. Um, Good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) An on-base of 381 and a slugging of 457. Let's compare those to the number two vote-getter that season, Mr. Jason Giambi. Are you ready? Ichiro beats him on batting average, 350 to 342. On-base percentage. Jason Giambi got on base... 48% 48% of the time, he had a 477 on base percentage to Ichiro's 381. And Jason Giambi's slugging was 660 compared to Ichiro's 457. I would say that Jason Giambi should have won that MVP in 2001. But we're not arguing Ichiro versus versus uh, Giambi. But I'm just saying they gave him that. They gave him that award. Come on. I mean. I mean, I'm not even going to respond to that because you're right. We're not talking about that. You know, I'll give you that one. Whatever. <laughs> run, run along with that one. But listen, I know I know Tony Gwynn hit for average all those seasons. But, man, Ichiro got hit. Like, we're, we're, we're pretty much comparing the same player with one guy that can hit more for average, in my opinion. That, that's what we're doing right here. No, no, no. If we're taking defense. If we're taking defense out of it. No, no, no. If we're taking defense. <laughs> Tony Gwynn is better than Ichiro. I'm just going to say that. Any any hits for more power. Um, than and Ichiro. that's for the fans to decide now to uh, <laughs> go on the vote. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, for real. You guys decide on this. I know that you're going to side with me because my 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 players are stronger. But um, 
yeah, go on. We're on Instagram. Welcome to the show pod. That's our Instagram handle. We're on Twitter. I believe uh, it's w- at WTTS. Welcome to the show. And we're on Facebook. Welcome to the show. Um, so get on it. We're going to have a post up for you uh, as you listen to this. Get on. Vote. And if you vote for me, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. <clears throat> I don't have I don't have anything to say to that man. Damn, you got me there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That, that's not fair. But no, um, just take our arguments into account. Look at their numbers yourself. Um, and and yeah, and vote. So that's it. Um, that's all we got. That's all we got for this episode of Welcome to the Show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can go on the website, welcome to the show.podbean.com. You can email us, welcome to the show pod at gmail.com. Um, rate, review, share this with your friends. It helps us get exposure. Um, we're working on some things for some future episodes that should be exciting. Um yeah, keep listening and keep supporting us. And that's all I got. You got anything for us, CT? Uh, let's see here. Right now, we're currently on the 4th of April, 2018. I would like all our listeners to uh, comment the current AL East rankings in our Instagram. Uh, you know, just do it for the hell of it. <laughs> for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> before we kick the music, I just want to, again, thank you to VM Varga for the music. Um, and artwork by Luigi Gomez. You can follow VM Varga on Instagram. I believe it's just VM Varga and Luigi is three fourteen feet at Instagram. So hit them up. They do really good work and that's it. Thanks for listening guys. Thanks guys. Peace.